This is Ira Glass of This American Life, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Lori Kilmartin. And I'm not really a storyteller, I'm more of a joke teller, so I, I sort of improve my act 30 seconds at a time, and it's uh, painfully slow. <laughs> Lori, as you know, leads a dual life as a stand-up comedian, but also as a writer for The Conan Show. And uh, we spoke to her, I think it was last year, and uh, we caught up with her and found out what she was up to. Turns out pretty much the same old thing. We had a hilarious conversation with her and had a a really good chat. We have a song of the week coming up from Pale Waves, but first we have a dumb bit in which we discover the NRA doesn't understand comedy. That might sound surprising, but here you go. I wanted to address this a couple of weeks ago, but I figured it would keep. It was during uh, that big uh, hubbub about Sam B. calling Ivanka Trump uh, a feckless C-word, and we addressed that on the show, of course. Uh, I was kind of a little disappointed because, you know, Sam B. and everybody daily show adjacent is pretty brilliant. I think she could have done better, and it's just, you know, it's just, I guess, uh, what do you got, an ad hominem attack, and she apologized for it and everything, and, you know, and... and, uh, and so uh, that, that story is settled. But during uh, that, when I was researching my response to that, uh, doing my research on that, uh, I came across uh, this little bit of video. It's from NRA TV. Yes, there's an NRA TV. And it's Dana Loesch, our old favorite. And, uh, well, she has this to say about the Sam B situation. Samantha B, former contributor to The Daily Show, when it was still anchored by someone with more wit and sense than its current host... As Anthony Michael Hall says in 16 Candles, Whoa, nice manners, babe! Comes out swinging and attacking everybody. What's funny about this is in her attempt to attack Sam B, she takes a poke at Trevor Noah and then, in a backhanded way, compliments Jon Stewart. And Which is really weird because just a few years ago, she had this to say about Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart, king of liberal talking points and undisputed champion of pomposity. Boy, you've really got to hate Sam B, Dana, if you're going to heap praise on a guy that you called pompous. Anyway, so why was she so upset uh, about Sam B, apart from, you know, the thing everybody was upset with her about? Well, let's have a listen. Decided to show the hypocrisy of the NRA by proving that it's easier to buy a gun than the Eddie Eagle costume. Spoiler alert, it is. So a couple of years ago, Sam B on Full Frontal did a little uh, remote piece about, uh, as Miss Loesch described, uh, it is easier to buy a gun than it is to obtain an Eddie Eagle costume, which is uh, which the, the um, I guess the intellectual property rights are owned by the NRA. But here's where uh, Miss Loesch gets a little confused. Oh, and she starts by playing a clip from Sam B's bit. Here you go. But it turned out the organization that makes it easier to get a gun than Sudafed makes it nearly impossible to acquire their giant dancing eagle. Yes, B compared a firearm to a mascot. A firearm to a trademark. B assumes that gun laws are lax because she can't purchase someone else's trademark the way she can a firearm. Okay, here's the first problem. The NRA licenses Eddie Eagle, but, as Sam B explains... The first step was completing the NRA's 18-page costume application, which includes 36 rules and regulations to keep me from living out my eagle-taunting fantasies. They have rules like, Eddie Eagle doesn't drive, Eddie Eagle does not smoke or drink alcohol, and he's always clothed. On top of that, I'd have to deal with their mandatory 20-day waiting period. Who wants to wait 20 days to get something awesome? That's not the America I know. That's the joke, Dana. 
the NRA has gone to more trouble protecting their intellectual property under the law, which they have the right to do. But the funny part is, is they put more effort into that, it appears, than actually protecting citizens from the misuse of firearms. So let's get to our next BS point, and we'll back up a little bit here. I'm going to be a running start on this. B assumes that gun laws are lax because she can't purchase someone else's trademark the way she can a firearm, provided that she isn't a prohibited possessor by way of a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence conviction, felony conviction, drug addiction, here illegally, discharged dishonorably from the military, is subject to a protective order, or renounced her citizenship. Those are all accurate stipulations, but the reason Sammy thinks it's easier to get a firearm than an Eddie Eagle costume is because she went to a gun show and the, the stringent background check consisted of, well, this. One question, are you a felon? No. Okay. Good thing felons never lie. So I don't know if you could pick that up, but the guy asked if she was a felon. It was a Sam Beast producer, and she said no, and that was it. She had a gun. Oh, and also, they sent a producer to buy a gun in a parking lot near the TBS headquarters in Atlanta out of the trunk of a guy's car. So, yeah, was never asked if they renounced her citizenship or any of the other stipulations that Miss Loesch listed. I mean, she's, she's Canadian, so maybe she's also a naturalized citizen. She certainly doesn't demonstrate a citizen's understanding of our nation's laws, though. Well, you're from here, and you don't either. What's your excuse? B believes that firearms are regulated the exact same way as intellectual property. No, she doesn't, idiot. That's not the joke. So because the NRA doesn't sell the Eddie Eagle trademark, it means that we have bad gun laws. Well, the NRA does license Eddie Eagle, and yes, we do have bad gun laws. The St. Louis Cardinals also don't sell their trademark except to license it for merchandise and events, so is that another indication of lax gun laws? If the St. Louis Cardinals lobbied and spent millions of dollars to block legislation that might prevent a mass slaughter of innocent people, then yeah, that would be a sign of lax gun laws. I could also argue that it's more difficult for me to demand free use of the Avengers logo for whatever purpose I want than it is for me to purchase a firearm. Yes, that's the joke. Again, if the Avengers lobbied and spent millions of dollars blocking legislation that would prevent a mass slaughter. Maybe B is arguing that there is a hidden amendment in our Constitution, like the Second and a Half Amendment, which argues that we as Americans have the right to possess and bear trademarks regardless of ownership. Okay, did you even watch the Sam B bit? The Second Amendment reiterates that firearms are a protected good, a natural right, which cannot be denied. Okay, please stop talking. Apparently what this boils down to is is that perhaps the NRA should spend uh, more time uh, lobbying Congress and blocking legislation to prevent mass killings uh, and less time on stuff that they don't know anything about, which is comedy. Does that argument sound familiar? Lori Martin is a stand-up comedian based in Los Angeles, California. She does stand-up headlining clubs across the country, but also is a writer for the Conan O'Brien program on TBS. Here now is an interview with Lori Martin. Hello. Hey, Lori, it's PF. Hey, PF, how's it going? Good, good to talk to you again. Yeah, good. Good to talk to you too. I, I, I sent you an email yes. like about ten minutes ago. Do you know how long we're going to be talking this morning? Like twenty minutes, or if you have to go sooner, I know you got a hard stop to take uh, for an orthodontist appointment. So I understand. Yeah, we're still in this. So whenever you need, yes. whenever you need to go, just say I got to go. <laughs> 
Have, would we have a, a, a quarter after? Sure. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, I was waiting Great. for Pablo Francisco to call, and he didn't, and I was working on some other stuff for my day job, and so I didn't see your email until just a minute ago, but I was trying to stay. No worries. I, just, I sent it like 10 minutes ago. Okay, like, yeah. Hey, you're... Was, oh, if you're awake, I'm here. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I could you have. Probably are awake. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh coming up on ten o'clock in Cincinnati. So yeah, we're um <laughs> we've been awake for a long time here. Um, so great. So uh, so what's new with you? I know it's been about a year since we spoke, and when you were around last time, you were uh, uh still kind of touring your hour, that you know, talking about your dad and uh, and that sort of affair. So you're building a new hour? Is it just kind of the the best of Lori? What's uh, what's the latest and greatest? Um, I I don't like. I don't build a new hour the way some people drop an hour, um, but then I haven't had a Netflix special. So maybe if I had a Netflix special, I would okay. I don't want to just turn into me grumbling about that. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> also, I, for me, I, uh, I I just sort of uh, keep writing jokes and drop jokes that I hate or am sick of as I go along. So okay. that's sort of my process. So, um, you know, uh, I uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know how people keep writing brand new hours every single year. It's actually stressing me out, and I don't know how many things can happen to you in one year where you can come up with a whole new hour of material. But you know, I, I guess it, it does. Well, a lot of your writing though is taken up working in television. So I mean, if you're just if you're nothing doing nothing but touring, uh, you, it's probably a lot easier to write a new hour of stand-up than it is to kind of divide up and, you know, well, I've got to write this stuff for television. Now I've got to go out and maybe do some sets and try to work out some new material. So I guess it's probably a situational uh, deal. Maybe. I mean, yeah, for sure a lot of my time is taken up. But, but also I, I sort of risk my act is, you know, I talk about things that happened to me and I'm not – you know, I, I'm not uh, having that many things happen to me <laughs> um, where it's like an hour of new stuff a year. Oh, so, I see, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I don't know, maybe it's, it's people write differently, you know, and, and I'm not really a storyteller. I'm more of a joke teller, so yeah. I, I sort of improve my act 30 seconds at a time, <laughs> and it's uh, painfully slow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I get, yeah, you are kind of in a, because you really have a, a routine, it sounds like, because you have a, essentially you have a day job. And a home life, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's yeah. It, but then again, I guess that's kind of that's I guess more relatable in some ways, uh, you know, than folks that are traveling around the country, and you know, again, doing you know, you touring you know forty and fifty weeks a year. Yeah, I mean that's brutal. Uh, I did that when I was like a feature, and I didn't have a kid, and it was it, it just really really wore me down. Um, so now I'm being worn down in a different way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, with orthodontist appointments and torn ACLs and, uh, you know, that, oh, there whole, you go. that whole kind of life. Yeah. It's funny how the feature, because a lot of features, and I, two guys off the top of my head, Pat Francis, uh, he decided he didn't want to, you know, try to, you know, beat the road and, and be a headliner, so he started to work in, you know, television. And um, a guy I work for my day job, uh, it's two partners. One is, you might know, Josh Sneed. He's still a headlining comedian. Oh, my God. But his partner, Darren Overholzer, uh, was a feature for a while, and he decided, you know what, I don't want to do this. And he focused more on his graphic design career and ended up starting the t-shirt company together. And so now Josh's time is divided between still being a uh, headlining stand-up comedian across this great nation and the t-shirt company, and Darren is full-time doing the t-shirt business. And, uh, yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, I knew Josh was heavy into t-shirts, but I didn't know the backstory. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's That's cool. Going, going really well so far, fingers crossed. So we're opening a new store, yeah. uh, 
and a couple actually they're doing the inspection today so they'll have three stores here in cincinnati and the website and yeah so no way is josh based out of cincinnati yeah well that's the thing a lot of guys are doing that now yeah gary owen was the first guy i talked to that was doing that because he was like you know what i can just get a buddy of mine if i have to audition for something because he still acts too i'll just film myself and send it off to the casting director the director and there you go and so like jeff tate is back here now uh josh is here of course and yeah it's uh it's technology has really i guess allowed people to 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 do that to stay in their their uh place of choice not have to duke it out in new york or los angeles although thankfully you have a nice career out in los angeles so yeah i have to be here uh i have to be wherever i am in person yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing about LA. It seems like the people that have a steady gig or are working steadily out there, it's great to be in Southern California because I have friends that live out there and they all have great jobs. But if not, it can be kind of sucky just like any other place. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, uh, it, it's such a, a show business town that you can't, you can't even escape everyone else's successes or failures. You know, you're just surrounded by, like people are doing better than you or worse than you. And, um, yeah, to be able to base yourself on a, out of a, you know, a hometown where that's not everyone's prime reason for waking up in the morning, uh, must be nice. Yeah, I was hearing on somebody's podcast, someone was saying about how in LA it's weird how you're, even the smallest jobs can still be touched by the, by the entertainment industry. Although my one friend, they live out, he's a, works for a hospital, so he's not in entertainment, but everybody else I know out there, is in some way connected, even tertiarily, uh, to showbiz. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's, I mean, it's weird. I mean, maybe like teaching public schools aren't. Oh yeah, yeah. But everybody else in my kids' school, everyone else seems to be working on a show. Or, <laughs> you know, I'm like, God, how my kids don't think this is normal, but they actually do. It's weird. Yeah, well, even the uh, the L.A. Times has a, a section called Company Town, which just talks about. <laughs> The movie industry. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, yeah. I, we yeah. don't, I don't, even when I was in Pittsburgh, there wasn't a section of the paper called Steel Town, although the mills were all closed by then. So, so it is pre- yeah. pretty strange how that kind of still dominates that whole area. Um, so still doing the Jackie and Lori show? I'm really behind on my podcast. So I haven't. Oh, yeah. We're still doing it. Um, once a week, we're taking one today. We're trying to get ahead because I'm doing a bunch of road work and so we're going to see each other for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, still cranking my own. Cool. How's that been going? Um, I guess it's going good. Uh, you know, I don't really, um, pay attention to numbers too much, but, um, uh, I think, I think it's going okay. That's, that's cool. Uh, I just, I'm sorry. I said, that's cool. I, I'm obsessed with numbers, so I look at them every day. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I, I don't care about numbers about a conversation I'm having with the, you know, it, it's, uh, it seems like a, a weird thing to get obsessed about it. It's, it would never be enough, and uh, I know we don't we don't make any money from it. But I think sometimes it, it I mean, it helps draw people to a, a club, which is good. But, yeah. Um, oh yeah. When I I just heard of like someone gave me some numbers that Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark are earning from my favorite murder, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. So you know. Uh, Karen Cook, for some reason, I think because she kind of moves in the same circles you do, I always get you two momentarily mixed up in my head. And I used to do a little joke that said I always get Laurie Cole Martin and Karen Kilgariff mixed up because they're both hilarious. Oh, well, I think we have similar last names. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
kill. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then she's doing more of the uh, well, not more, but she does the, those hilarious songs, and you know, you're uh, uh, more of the joke writer and everything. But still, yeah, um, little misdirect there. They're both hilarious. Um, hey, I would love to be as funny as Karen Kilgariff for like a day. That would be great. Would, then I'd have a new hour every every single week. Uh, so I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, as far as the, looking at the numbers thing, like I do two shows, and um, the one I, I do for the T-shirt company, so I have to look at the numbers for that, and I'm constantly seeing, like, you know, because if the numbers draw, like, that's the one the reason I was hired was to do the podcast. And uh, so I'm constantly sweating it, going, oh, geez, uh, 600 feed hits today. Good, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're, uh, we're uh, part of Nerdist, so oh, um, yeah. they they sort of monitor all that, and I guess they're they are happy. So um, we don't. I don't really ask too many questions. If, exa- yeah, exactly. Probably the le- less said, uh, the better. So uh, in, you know, in your day to day routine life, uh, what are you talking about on stage these days? Is it kind of the just the like you said, the orthodontist appointments and the medical issues of the day, or? Mm, um, I'm I'm I guess I'm talking about. Um, Aging, both my sons, he's, he's a tween, and myself, I'm um, 52. So I'm sort of talking, I guess I'm, I'm, oh, I'm uh, adding I'm... that to uh, what I've already been talking about and just um, dealing with uh, him and his YouTube channel. And, um, oh. you know, he's uh, constantly attracting the attention of teachers, attention of teachers because he likes to draw comics about death. And that's, um, <laughs> as, as you know, in this country right now, people get really freaked out if, if uh, a kid is doing anything like that. So he, he's kind of, he has more, I would say, a goth or a Dia de la Muerte sensibility, but that's kind of hard to explain to people. So Yeah, that's weird. I, that's one reason I, I, um, I, I know that when I drop him off today for summer, he's in a writing camp right now, W-R-I-T, not R-I-D. And uh, I guess he was ma- his, he has a comic called Dead Boy, and he was working that yesterday, and the teachers were upset. So I, I'm going to be yelled out this morning. So I, so that's why I, I'm like, I have to get off at seven to see if I can incorporate that and being yelled out by a teacher into my schedule this morning. That's so strange that people don't, you know, uh, get that and freak out over everything without kind of looking at things first. But you know, it happens here in the in the great Midwest too. I, I can assure you. Yeah, I I um I think they just they're everyone's trying to be you know err on the side of caution and so uh, that 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 you know that can kind of hit people who are cre- a little more creative um, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be looking at words or you know images and say well that means something uh, worse than it actually is um, but you know I I, um, I I feel like he sort of has like a Tim Burton sort of um, artistic sensibility, which is, is not helpful right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least people, you know, are, are familiar with that kind of thing and, you know, can maybe finally see yeah. the light and be like, yeah, but, but gosh, I wouldn't have guessed you were, you're 52. Uh, we're the same age. Um, Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and so does, do you think, like, you know, like, I always ask people this question, especially people closer to my age, like that scene in Spinal Tap where they ask, you know, and uh, Harry Shearer says he feels like a preserved moose on stage. Does comedy kind of keep you young and keep you, you know, keep your mind fresh and, and thinking? Like, what's uh, what's your secret, Lori? Um, I don't think anything keeps us young. I think we're, we, every day we get older and we're one day closer from 
our destiny, which is <laughs> the earth. Um, but I do feel like um, the pursuit of um, perfection, um, which I, I, every time I'm, I'm always working on jokes and trying to make them better. Um, I feel like that keeps my, keeps me um, happy to be alive and excited. And so I can sort of observe what's happening to my life or my body without being super stressed about it, um, at least right now, because I'm just sort of taking notes and trying to write jokes about it, you know? Um, it's more like being a re- kind of like being a comedic reporter on your, uh, but your story is your own life. And do you kind of feel like now that you've kind of all these experiences behind you, and of course, and being a parent, and all that, you kind of have a little bit of, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, wisdom to kind of bestow on people. Well, no, I don't think you know. My act is sort of, um, uh, I'm my parent. I kind of write jokes where I'm, I have, I have a. I'm a well-meaning parent, but I have terrible execution. So <laughs> I don't think anyone would get any wisdom from my act. <laughs> um, I I would just hope it's just uh, laughter a little bit, you know. Um, I try not to be. I, I like that that um, Seinfeld credo of you know. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if this is exactly it, but you know, no lessons, no hugging, you know. Yeah. Uh, do you, so do you think people maybe can can learn from your errors and uh, and kind of pick up some wisdom that way? No, I really don't. I don't come to my show if you want to get any wiser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would just get, read a book, go on Wikipedia if you want to get smarter. <laughs> um, I just uh, I'm, you know unless you uh, I don't know I I I, I uh, uh, um, I'm a I'm a woman who's laughing or who's trying to make her own life funny. So that's about that's about all I can tell you. Okay, and just last question, real quick, because I just popped into my head. Because I know again a lot of when you know some comedians get to a, a certain age and your son's getting older, do you think you might maybe want to be going out on the road a little bit more when you get older and kind of doing more stand up, or you just kind of think you'll kind of keep things the way they are? Um, I right now I just, I, I do road work when Conan's on hiatus. So I, that's sort of my plan. Um, as long as I'm working for Conan, that's what I'll be doing. And if that changes, um, I'll probably be panicking uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, either going out of the road more. Um, it's, it's hard, though. It's, it's weird. I, I thought, oh, well, it'll be easy to leave my son when he's older. But now I actually think he's going to be needing me more now than when he was, like, four, you know? Oh, that's true, um, yeah. Yeah, it's strange. I, I, I didn't anticipate this, so I'm a little freaked out. Because <laughs> I was planning on, I guess when my kid was little, I'm like, okay, I'll do, you know, I'm like, zero to five would be important years. So I'll, you know, really make sure I'm not doing too much road work. I'll take him with me. And now I, I'm like, wow, okay, well, uh, 11 to 18 seems pretty crucial, too. <laughs> yeah, it really so. does. Um, well, great. I'll, I'll get him off for the ortho then. Have fun there. Um Thank you. <laughs> and uh, as always, hope we get you sometime here in Cincinnati. Uh, I know, me too. I hope so as well. Um, it's just I hardly have any weeks off, and then I don't have a yeah. ton of notice. So I tend to uh, get weeks when, um, like, my agent will find a week that someone else is canceled, and I'm, you know, I was just informed I have it available, and she'll just snatch it for me. So maybe that'll happen back at Go Bananas one of these days. Cool. Well, great. Well, good luck with everything else. And, uh, yeah, like I said, have, have fun at the ortho and have a great rest of your day. Cool. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lori. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.
Thanks again to Lori Kilmartin for being on the show. You can catch Lori July 5th through the 7th at the Acme Comedy Company there in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And for all things Lori Kilmartin related, you can go to Kilmartin.com. Kilmartin with just one L there. And that'll tell you all the Lori Kilmartin information you need. You can also find the links to uh, her podcast there and all that fun stuff as well. So that takes us up, I reckon, to the song of the week. And I thought we'd have these guys on again as song of the week, but uh, it's Pale Waves. They are from, I believe, Manchester. They're very uh, close with the 1975 uh, to the point where you might think this is the 1975, you know, one of those deals. But uh, the more you listen to them, the more more distinct the sound becomes. And uh, this is their latest single. It is called Kiss. And uh, Pale Boys are going to be touring the United States in the fall. We're going to try and go see them here in Cincinnati uh, at the Madison Theater, at the little room they have adjacent to the Madison Theater. So we're very excited. Very small room. And we're open to talk to those cats. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, keep you posted on how that goes. In the meantime, this is Kiss from Pale Waves, our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.